Hello, and welcome to another one of these interview shows on the Community Spotlight. I'm here with Brian, CM Brian on Discord. Hi. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing good. Um, first week back at school, but, you know, I changed my name back to Math Guy Dave on the forums, so <laughs> that's cool. You're feeling and, your uh, math. <laughs> yeah, although I did, I did on a work day today, I did bike 45 miles in between classes so still got the biking going too but it's wow. okay <laughs> um all right so um brian and i have been kind of playing um discord tag for a couple months here and there were some vacations in between and uh you just got back from a cruise i think yeah so lots of stuff but we're gonna do this before dragon con which was a goal that i had because i think you do a lot of stuff at dragon con and that's one of the things we're going to talk about down the road here. But um, let's start with the questions that I ask everybody. So the first one of those is, when and how did you find Dungeons and Randomness? Okay, well, I played in high school and uh, not much in college and kind of just let it drop. But some friends of mine and I were looking into starting up again, but we couldn't find a perfect way to do it. We haven't seen the additions. So I just started looking for games to listen to to figure out what the systems are like now and what how to play. Um, you know, I found Acquisitions Incorporated. They were doing 4E, and uh, but they didn't come out that often. So I just did a blanket search one day. Give me all the D&D you can find on iTunes. And I downloaded the latest episode of like seven or eight different shows. The DNR show that I downloaded to listen to for the first time was Dern Hollow. Okay. I was like, what the hell is this? This is awesome. I just could not believe what I was hearing because it was both a show where, um, you know, there's zaniness. And then Malchus comes in with that scene with Brianna. And, and there are people that were clearly learning the game, which was perfect for me. Um, and, you know, Jason was pretty good by that episode um, as a DM. So, yeah, I listened to the other ones and couldn't get through any of them. Because the people are kind of like, I don't know, I guess too into their gaming and almost almost like it's kind of cocky about it. I don't know. I don't know what it is about some of these games that I just did not appeal. So I just got rid of them all, went back to the beginning and listened to DNR. So that was episode 30-something. It didn't take me that long to catch up. Yeah, it's not. It's a little more daunting task these days, I think, when someone starts. But yeah, yeah. I can't even imagine because those shows were huge <laughs> back then. They were, and there's a lot of like episode 30 is probably a couple years or more into the show, right? Because I don't know, they weren't coming out super fast back then. Could have been. Um, it was uh, it was beginning of 2014, like January, I want to say. Yeah, and the show's been around like more than seven years now, so. Just a couple of years in. Um, yeah. yeah, I think that story has been kind of similar. And, you know, I've said a couple of times, I don't know exactly what it is that is the right spot about DNR for me, but it's something kind of like what you said. There's a little bit of zaniness, not too serious. Jason's really good. Like, there's just, I don't know exactly what it is, but I've discarded like 30 other D&D podcasts after a couple episodes. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, even the real just... popular ones, even the real popular ones, you know, I just, 
I, I listened to some Critical Role, and they're good, yeah. but they didn't they didn't draw me in for the long haul. And yeah. some Adventure Zone, you know, it's cute and funny, but the shtick gets a little old sometimes. Yeah, I think I don't know. Maybe I didn't give it a fair shot either, and you know, I haven't got room for that many podcasts, so. Right. There, there must be some sort of spectrum and we're just the right people that land like where this show is. I, yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure what it is. Well, but... the, the, I'm not sure what to call it. The, the morality of it, if that's the right word, also appeals to me. Um, I was fascinated with, you know, once the show started developing beyond group one, um, some of the female characters, some of the non-binary players, um, who just incredible to, to witness and, and the gradual change, you know, to get rid of the F word. Yeah. <laughs> was exactly what I needed to be able to recommend it to friends. You know, I look past it cause I know guys like that and I know they don't mean it, but I, I just couldn't recommend it to too many people at the time. And, and I don't know. It, the show yeah. grew and I grew from the show and the show grew toward me. You know, we just kind of, it's just like part of my life now, you know, it's like you, there are episodes I remember and it places me in a, in a, in a place in my life or in a, in a location. Yeah. Crazy. That, that same sort of thing always happened with TV shows and stuff. So that totally makes sense uh, really quick. And then we've spent too long on this question. Um, we got rid of the, the really bad F word, but the other one's still in the show, right? Which is why my daughter can't listen to it. And um, we were in the car the other day, and she had a friend with her. So they're both 10. And, of course, I started the car, and the, the podcast came on. And she's like, Daddy, this is the one you have to turn off because they're going to say the F word. And of course, In front of a friend. Yeah. And I, I did turn it off. And then as soon as they got out of the car, I turned it back on and it went about four seconds before Bree did say the F word. So <laughs> uh, she stopped me just in time. So there That's we go. Funny. Okay. Uh, question two. Um, at what point did you get hooked on the show? Was there a particular episode that did it? It sounds like it might've been the first one with Dern Hollow, but yeah, it was immediate. And then I went back and saw that Jason was learning to be a DM, which is exactly what I needed to hear. And, and there's no turning back. Yeah. Okay. I think we spent a long time on question one, so going a little short on that was fine. Um, this one's hard because I don't know if I could answer this, but do you have a favorite group or a couple favorite characters on the show, or do you just love them all? I I don't know. But yeah. Yeah, I'm not the type that has favorites um, on, in a lot of things, but you know, I have a soft spot for old group one. You know, because not knowing what's going on behind the scenes. Um, it's like a bunch of friends creating drama in the show. You know, I don't know that there's real, I didn't know there was real problems going on. So it was just, just a lot of fun. Um, as far as characters go though, there's a lot, um, you know, the ones that stick out in my mind, Una was very strong for me. Malchus. Um, I liked, uh, I like Dan's, uh, um, Duncan, um, loved, Kaluna, oh my god! Um, and uh, you know, and, and then as the show goes on, yeah, they all grow on you in their own ways. Yeah. Um. So that 
do you re-listen to the show? Like, have you gone, I don't know, how many times have you listened to Arc 1, for example? Like, have you gone back and heard that lately? The only thing I did when there was a hiatus one time is I went back and listened to just the Group 1 episodes. So at that point, did it change at all for you? Because, like, you know the drama is a little real. Like, I think that affects me when I go back and listen. And I know some of the stuff that was going on with, like, Tom or Justin or something like that. I think it affects how I hear those episodes a little bit now. Yeah, I agree with you. Particularly Justin. Um, you know, I, I viewed him and Rob as the breakout stars whenever I was listening to it the first time and then going back and then realizing what kind of garbage was going on and that some of that was real, you know, forcing, forcing Rob to have to take a walk, you know, um, it, it wasn't as, it was too much behind the curtain for me to let it go and just, uh, enjoy the show as, as it is. But yeah. you know, again, but I still, I still would enjoy it, but like you said, it's a different experience. Yeah, I agree. And we don't need to talk about that stuff too much. But yeah, it changes it a little bit for me. And I wish it didn't, but that's how it is. So yeah. Um, okay, uh, we're going to skip question four. We talked about that. Um, do you have, so like there's a feel to arc one, and then there's this little bit of different feel to arc two. Do you have any big hopes for arc three or just kind of waiting to see what happens? Um, yeah. Um, I've always hesitated to, to throw my opinion about those things at Jason. I know they work so hard on this stuff and they put their heart and soul into it. But damn, if they didn't, if they haven't announced changes that were exactly what I was looking for. Yeah. So, you know, like, a little, which ones? little speed up the traveling, um, um, shift, uh, um, make the shift from the, the kind of group dynamics and character development into the, more dynamic story arc. I mean, they're doing everything. And, but it isn't like that I wanted that for arc two. It's just time for it in arc three. Yeah, I think I think that stuff sounds good too. So I, I'm definitely ready for some of that big storytelling stuff. And I think Jason really let the players kind of shine in arc two. And I think we're going to get some of his like storytelling and writing stuff coming again in arc three, which... I really like, and I miss the, like, Jason Run characters that were around all the time, too. I don't know that we're going to get one of those back, but um, that was some of the stuff I liked in Arc 1, so. Yeah, I agree uh, with you there. Bree, uh, Bree's pushing for it because she sees the value in it. I think Jason feels like he's taking, you know, airtime away from the players, but it's it's part it's an important part of the story, I think. Yep, I agree. Um, okay, you are in one of the Patreon groups. I believe is it group one or group one? Yeah, it was a uh, original group one. Yeah. So why did you join that? <clears throat> I was kind of recruited into it. Um, when they were making the pitch to Jason to let the five hundred dollar tier be five people with a hundred, I was already at the hundred, and so they kind of grabbed me for credibility. I think. That, that, yeah, you're going to get the money, Jason. Don't worry about it. I felt bad, though, because it wasn't like he was getting any more from me. Right. It was just something but, you were already doing anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So I talked to him offline about it, and he was cool with it. So, 
it was it was awesome. You know, I didn't know if I had room for another game, but I couldn't pass it up. Okay. Um, how many characters have you gone through in that game? Do you know? I am still on my first character. Oh my! Like I think yes. the Sheiks is on his third one, maybe. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, he heroically died the first time. He accidentally died the second time in a, in a crazy fiery mess. Yeah, so we've heard. Like he made any big mistakes, but you know. Well, fun. I guess I was going to ask you about the fate of your character, but is he he or she or they is still alive and kicking. So. Yeah, yeah, and then my character is, um, you know, in the in the first Kickstarter, there was. Um, some kind of reward tier, or if it was a, uh, if it was a stretch goal, I don't remember which, allowed you to have yourself as an NPC in Theria. Yep. So I ended up, since my last name is Smith, I ended up as a Smith, and I was in uh, Overdale, or Overwatch, I guess. And so I decided to make my character the son of that Smith. Okay. So he's so he's Magnus Smithson, and I wasn't even thinking about Adventure Zone when when I gave him Magnus. It was just a Scottish type name, but so I grabbed it. But he's a, he's just your basic fighter. Okay. Well, making it what two years or so now uh, in Daria is pretty good. So yeah, yeah, I'm happy. Yeah. So you talked about um, you played in high school, and I'm guessing that was second or third edition probably i actually discovered the game with a friend of mine in seventh grade and that was the 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 basic red box okay and then advanced Dungeons and dragons books started coming out and we picked those up so this is in the this mid to late 70s okay yeah i know i'm one of the old guys (laughs) (laughs) all right so you did that, and then you took a little break, and so you didn't play third edition, I'm guessing? Yeah, I only played uh, what would later be known as first edition. Okay. Um, and then yeah, picked back up at fourth? I bought the fourth edition book, and I listened to podcasts, but we it was just too different, and we, we never got it together. And the the online virtual tabletops weren't quite ready for us yet. So it was a great convergence when 5th edition was about to come out. There was playtest material out there and Roll20 and and Fantasy Grounds. I think there was another one we were choosing between. We took the free one and uh, we were able to they got me and a high school buddy and a few other people we drew in and started playing right when uh, the basic set, the basic rules came out. And is that group still going? We're on a little bit of a hiatus. Um, we okay. went. I, I took everybody through the starter set. Um, we did a few modules, passed it off to uh, one of the new players who decided he wanted to DM. He got. He took us all the way through Elemental Evil, and the Prince of the Apocalypse, and uh, now we're kind of on a break. Okay. Yeah. So I think there was a little bit of talk in the Discord about do people play published modules. And your answer is yes. You played a bunch of published modules. So, what have you thought about those? Uh, I mostly play published modules because one, I just don't have time to world build. I barely have time to read the thing before it's time to go. So yeah. You, you, 
the improv skills and uh, and just <laughs> thinking on the fly are things you just have to do. Um, we we really enjoyed them. You know, you, sometimes you have to tie things together a little bit, and if you do a book, then then everything links together pretty well. So the problem I had with those is just I guess I'd have to take a lot more notes than I was when I was trying to run one of, run one of those, but I feel like a little trapped in making stuff up because like, oh, the answer's in the book and I just don't remember it. <laughs> so I would end up like flipping through the books, see like this feature about this character or, you know, this, I guess I just couldn't remember the book well enough kind of on the fly. So that was my problem running modules. And I feel a little better like loosely doing something based on a module and then kind of making my own thing up or I don't know. I do a little better improving, I think, than being tied to something so much. Um, yeah, that was my but, old style when I was younger. Um, but um, after a little while, you kind of learn that you don't really have to stick to it, like you were saying. Yeah, you know, it will still be fun. The players have no idea, and uh, and it is harder to do a module that somebody else wrote than an outline you put together and you know you can improv around. Yeah. But uh, a, a store opened up nearby, and they were going to start D&D, and I walked in the first day, and I wanted to play, because I've been DMing, and they needed me to DM. So uh, I got a kick out of just doing first level and, and you know, tier one games for anybody who would show up at the store on D&D night. And so I, there's a lot of value in... In that I found a lot of value in the public play adventures league just because it would introduce people to the game. They would play for a while and then they'd go do their home game, but I'd still be there bringing new people in, teaching them the game. They'd go off and do their home game. Um, it's kind of like, I felt like it was my public service. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that is a cool thing for sure. Um, okay. At the time that I hit you up about doing this, um, you were suggested to, to do this because um, you were kind of like the last minute hero of the Kickstarter. As in, <laughs> I don't even remember what stretch goal we were trying to hit at the end, but you were going to match somebody's Royals, I think. Well, yeah, there was the last one. Yeah, there were there were two Royals left because I think somebody backed out of a Royals and did one of the other uh, big big games. Yep, and. I just kind of did the math. If we got X amount of dollars, we would get all the modules and the yep. module book. And I was like, I, I got to do this. As soon as I started the the live final hour, I put the challenge out there. And uh, the theatrical Scott, was it? I, no, I, actually, no. I don't know who picked up the last one. I know Scott or Rob already yeah. was in like he was in rent. a lot. I think, yo, he did. Yeah. He actually did. He borrowed money from his parents. He said, and committed <laughs> to it, did it. Um, so yeah. Oh, and wow. then after that, another 1500 just kind of came in through the momentum of it all. It was yeah. awesome. Yeah. It we was, got a lot great. of, got the module book and got the, the cast as NPCs. I think all of that stuff happened in the last couple hours. So. I, was, I was kind of like hesitant about it in that I knew that would make Jason do a lot more work, Jason and Bree and the whole team. 
But, you know, they were very clear about how well they planned the math. Yeah. And I was like, if they didn't think they could do it for that amount of money, they wouldn't have put it out there. So let's do it. I, I have a feeling that if we saw the math, we would feel like they underpaid themselves. But that's just me. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with you. I agree with you. And I feel kind of bad that they like spent a bunch of it on um, Dragon Con meetup stuff, but that's okay. It's fine. <laughs> I, last year, uh, me and Dashiks were leaving saying, you know, we should sponsor this thing next year, but they beat us to it. So Yeah, makes sense. Um, okay, so Dragon Con is coming. Um, it's two weeks away. I've, I planned all year that I was going to go, and then my oh, wife I know, told, I know. told me. I was not going to go. And the really hard thing about it is I can only go on a year that I have Fridays off of teaching or like I'm only going to be there for like Saturday, Sunday. Um, so that was this year, but it's not. So anyway, you're going and what do you do at Dragon Con? I know like you're kind of an expert of Dragon Con and uh, you kind of end up helping people out. Like um, even the DNR people, I think a little bit with navigating stuff. So what do you do? Yeah. There? Um, well, I mentioned that I started with DNR in like the beginning of 2014. I found myself in Atlanta the last week of August for business. And I heard Jason and Bree were going. So I said, let me just extend the trip and buy some tickets. And I was one of the handful of DNR fans that were there at Jason's, you know, first panel cheering away. And his eyebrows are raised. What is this all about? Who are these people? Um, I think Shively was there. Um, uh, the Ryan Hazard, I think, the teacher was there. And it's just a handful of us. Um, we just had a great time. I did a whole lot of stuff there. That I was overwhelmed with stuff my first year and a little less the second year and a little less the third year. Now this is my whatever it is. Fifth year doing it. Um, yeah, I'm ready to go. Um, I, you, I quickly give up thinking that you're going to get to do everything you want because you can't. There's just so much, and they're all happening at the same time. So you just have to yeah. pick and choose. Um, don't you run a bunch of games or something too? Or am yeah, I, I, used about to, that? I used to go to play D and D because I was DMing all the other times. Yeah. And Jason and Bree just had one panel and then a few panels the next year and uh, played a lot of games because they do an epic while they're there, which is one of those, you know, 15 tables playing the same game at the same time, interactive type of games. They do an open. It's an eight hour event. That's a competitive event. The tables are competing against each other. And they do um, this thing called the, the experience, which is five separate four hour games throughout the weekend. So I used to get in on as much of that as I could. Um, I still have the characters that I started in 2014, um, you know, still alive and still kicking. I took a pre-gen from the starter set, the archer, and he's, he's you know, got his oath bow and he's having fun. But uh, last year I decided I was going to just go all out and help him with DMing because they, they introduced the year before, I think, the, the, the little two-hour slots for beginners. And that spoke to me from, you know, liking teaching people D&D at the game store and everything. So I signed up for as many as I needed to to get a free ticket to the week for the weekend. <laughs> I think it was like 24, 26 hours. 
Oh, wow. That's a lot. And uh, in two-hour <laughs> slots. Um, yeah, I still was able to get to most of the big DNR stuff and also do a little street team action. Um, and There's... But I decided not to this year. I'm only DMing six hours this year because I wanted to play a little bit more. I signed up for one of those experiences, and I got a crew together to play Thursday night in the charity game that they're offering. And there's a lot of DNR stuff too. So, like, trying to get to all that would probably be oh. impossible this year. Yeah, I'm not so, going to make all the panels. Thank God they record them. Yeah, there's a lot of panels, and I'm sure you're going to try to go to the live game, right? But, um, Absolutely. Yeah, no, carve that out for sure. And, yeah. the, and the meetup, of course. Um, I have one more thing on the questions, but something else has popped up uh, since this, and that is. I had this idea to do like an online gaming convention thing. And I, I really didn't think it was going to go that well. And it has gone really well. And um, we put up some games and they mostly filled up. And uh, you just posted two games. And I think you have a lot of spots in yours, mostly because we, we're not allowed to sign up for more than one yet. And uh, We've hit up just about everybody that reads the Discord at this point, I think. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, do you want to talk about the couple games that you're going to run and what those are about? Yeah, I was thrilled to see that you did this. Um, I've played in several online conventions, you know, either weekend games where I would like try to go 24 hours because they were playing it worldwide. You know, there were some some Russian DMs going, um, yep. and had a lot of fun with that before. Or I would play some epics that they would do online so i was keyed into a bunch of discord channels doing that and when you start putting this together i was like oh this is great um but it was not all the other ones were adventurous league because you know people didn't know each other and you have a common set of rules for building the character so everything's fair um but i saw everybody was doing their homebrews and yours and you know we've been poking at jason teasing jason Whenever he was asking for, you know, what should we do for Patreon next? I think Jane and I were poking him to do a My Little Pony game. And, uh, you know, we knew he was never going to do it. So I just thought, oh, here's my opportunity. Um, so I'm going to do My Little Pony Tales of Equestria, T-A-I-L-S. Never done it before. I've, I've browsed through the book and, you know, we're going to kind of experience it together. I've got, I've got some people biting on it, though. Yeah, I've. I've seen people post on there, and I think, yeah, they're just, they can't <laughs> sign up yet, right? But I, I think you're going to get some people, and that was going to be interesting. And then you're doing uh, Humble, gonna, Humblewood on I'm going to do Humblewood. Yes, somebody on the channel, um, you know, clued us in about that Kickstarter, and it just looked really cool. I mean, adorable, yet still cool. It's in the, it's in the fifth edition um, game system, but it's... It's uh, it's set in a in a woodland area. You know, there's some mountains around it and stuff. But the character races are all either birds or woodland creatures that are humanoid size. And so they'll have the regular set of classes from the player handbook and a few other class options that are in the new book. Um, it hasn't been published. The book hasn't come out yet, but they've got the PDF that we can work off of. And uh, yeah. it looks neat. I, I looked at that one and I I didn't do it because there's a bunch of Kickstarter stuff this summer that I did. Um, but 
I was looking at it after you posted it, and I, I should have done it because everything costs a lot more now. So, <laughs> like, the it seemed like it was really is, well put together, and and yeah, they have a Discord channel, that, a server that is very active, and people help each other out, and um, and they're very responsive, and it looks like yeah. they're going to probably hit their deadline. So, I I've been playing around with. I'm hoping to get in that game, and I I've been playing around with like a. I think it's Volpera. Is that one of the races? I think it's kind of like a vulture or something. Okay. Um, um, Necromancer. That's kind of what I was thinking. So I think it wow. might be one of the characters on the cover of the book. Actually, might be that. Uh. I'm not sure. I was looking at the minis that you could get, and that was one of the minis you could have, and I thought it looked really cool. So, yeah, I know I'm never going to play this thing in person, but I bought five sets of the minis anyway. <laughs> Okay. And and I hear they're looking really cool. They were up at Gen Con, and they were showing off the game and showing off some of the the, the minis in progress. And uh, got some independent reports that that they look awesome. Yeah, um, I'm excited for that. So hopefully, if anybody's listening to this that hasn't signed up for anything, um, they give your games a look or some of the other games that are there if they work for them. And uh, I, I think it's going to be really fun. So. Um, yeah, come play some Humblewood. I'm excited yeah. for. Um, um, is it Ken's game? The Pugmire game? Yeah, I signed up for that one. I don't know. I'm just going. I've been Adventures League forever, and now I'm just going hog wild on the on the weird games. Yeah, I know. There's uh, somebody was talking about running like Lamentations of the Flame Princess or something. I would. I'd like <laughs> to play weird systems so you know whatever anybody wants to run i i'd like to do it i don't know how much time i can steal away from the family that we get but i'm probably pushing it already running a game and playing it too because i'm in that pugmire game with you too yeah uh, that should be a fun group i think by the way yeah it so, looks like it jason um, okay. mentioned in the in his uh you know jason Bree mentioned in the newsletter that somebody might be doing cthulhu uh, I, you know, I think they just kind of barely read the fan projects area. And um, I think Theo, Ricard, whatever he goes by in the Discord, he mentioned running uh, Lamentations or Cthulhu or something, but I don't know if it's going to happen. Um, but yeah, and anything like that that somebody wants to do would be great, I think. So, hey, my dogs are going crazy. That's great. I'm going to have to edit some stuff now. <laughs> right in with our Pugmire talk. Yeah. Um, okay, last thing, and then my daughter's going to bed, and I think I'm going to be able to go do the, the tuck-in thing here in a couple minutes. So the very last thing is um, I teach math, and I tell people that they should be math majors because everybody that I see in my class is like an engineering major, and I try to convince them that math majors are happier people. Because, like, the jobs that you get are, like, some of the highest, like, job satisfaction jobs that you can have. And, like, right at the top of that list is actuary. So, yeah. What, what's, what's that like? Yeah. Um, well, somebody decided to tell me the same thing when I was in high school. Um, I had a decent ACT score in, in math in the Midwest and got a a note from the actual department at the University of Nebraska. It wasn't too far from where I was living. And I was looking for something that was businessy and computers and math. 
my dad was an accountant. I didn't want to do that, but um, I also didn't want to, you know, teach math. I wasn't that academic, and uh, it just was perfect for all that, the synergy. Um, it's a great profession in that I'm challenged every day, and it's all fun stuff to do, you know, building projections, building models, um, you know, with usually not enough information, but there's a lot of cool techniques that you learn, um, you know, over the years. Um, there's a, not that many people in the profession and our company has a program of making sure you rotate around into the different areas, different product lines, both creating insurance products. And, and so it is, it's basically insurance mathematics, um, or, or the mathematics of, um, finance, time value of money and contingencies. So now I can't teach an actual course in two seconds here, but, um, <laughs> yeah. But you, you kind of get already, the gist. Those those yeah. of those who are a little bit into math kind of get the gist of what I'm talking about. There are a series of exams you have to take as an actuary to get accredited. Um, I think it's eight now. It was ten when I started, but they dropped you know the basic math stuff and expecting you to know that out of college now. Um, yeah, I think you've already made it sound a little more exciting than than I probably thought it was because. I knew what it was, but like the fact that there's like daily problem solving stuff makes it a little more interesting to me because I think all math people love solving problems. So yeah, yeah. that makes it a little more. Um, well, you, you end up having to under you end up having to understand insurance business from soup to nuts because you're making the product and you have to understand all the expenses and, and what goes into it. So you ultimately end up being the person who knows how the whole company works. And so it is a great path into senior management if that's something you're interested in. I, I just like doing the work, so it never appealed to me. But <laughs> Yeah, so for me, um, I thought I was going to be a physics professor. And then like somewhere in the middle of physics classes, I realized I liked the math classes a lot more, especially the ones that had nothing to do with the real world at all. Um, <laughs> so like abstract algebra and things like that. Um, I, I have forgotten a lot more about rings and fields and modules and non-notarian domains and all this stuff than I, than I remember. Um, but that was the stuff that I was into, which has nothing to do with my day job of teaching calculus to uh, future engineers. But that's OK. <laughs> yeah, my best friend Phil, who discovered D&D with me in seventh grade, ended up uh... As a, he ended up in topology, I want to say. Yeah. And I was a professor of mathematics down at the University of Texas in Austin. Yeah, I, I was also a big fan of topology. So that's uh, one of my favorite things that I did. So, okay. Um, anything else? I think this is pretty good. So I'm just so looking forward to Dragon Con. I mean, getting on the street team, I just found out that the Wednesday there's a, uh, a tribute to Stan Lee. Uh, one of the hotel bars. Thursday, we're going to play a game with uh, with Remy. And then the charity game. There's probably some wrestling going on Thursday. Friday, we kick in full gear. with uh, I play a D&D &D game in the morning and at night. And in between, there's DNR. Saturday, the meetup. Um, and the, the live game. It's, gonna, it's just going to be incredible. I can't there's wait to meet stuff. all the new people that are coming, too. Because we had a lot of people last year, it felt like. But I, it, it just seems like we're going to have a ton more. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of people coming, and there's a lot of stuff. And uh, 
I, I don't know if you care, but like Brandon Sanderson's also there, who's like my my other favorite creator in the world. So yeah, it, it should be really good. So yeah, several of my best things meet up there. The skeptics are there. Um, a science track is there. An astronomy track is there. The 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 maker and robotics guys are there. There's an armory. I mean, it's just nonstop. And there's classes on all aspects of cosplay. You know, working with plastics, working with foam. Um, it's just. I, mean, I don't usually dress up, but it's just. It's still fascinating to me. Hmm. It's going to be a lot of fun. You know, there's nothing better than to see the line going out the door and around the corner and down the stairs for a DNR game that most people in line didn't even know what to expect. Yeah. And I think they got a lot of new listeners out of it. Yeah. Um, so last thing, the next one of these that I'm going to do, well, actually not the next one, but next month um, I'm going to record with like the people that we did the recaps with and we're doing a, like a dragon con recap thing. So awesome. if, if you're available and you want to come on when we do that, um, I'm sure that would be fine. So it's going to be Steve and uh, Dave and Ames who's going. She's a Dragon Con virgin. Um, so she should get some interesting perspectives. So, Yeah, um, I spent a lot of time with uh, uh, David and Steve and Rob last year. Yeah, oh, I'll, I'll try to get, to, I'll try to get Rob get, on there too. <laughs> I hope we get to play Rob's card game if it's going to be ready. Yeah, we'll see. I think I, he was... I know he was trying to make a new version. The last thing I remember was he didn't think it was going to be done, but um, maybe, maybe he has last year's version still. So, oh, okay. Great. I need to go uh, tuck the kid in. So thanks for doing this. It was super fun. And hey, thanks, uh, thanks, for, uh, thanks for having me, man. Yeah. Um, if I don't talk to you uh, next month, I will talk to you in October when we play Pugmire together. So Absolutely. All right. All right. Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye.